Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's off the map. I needed more wine, you needed more sleep. You sound tired. Do you sound, do you you feel tired? I, you know, I wouldn't say I feel tired, but I would say that, uh, you know, not to show my hand too much here, this song doesn't inspire a lot of, uh feelings in me one way or another welcome <laughs> to as you were podcast about alkaline trio where every week we we have to talk about one alkaline trio song we have to just it's it's the rules this week though this is off the map off the charts off the deep end off the richter do you think this is only called off the map because off the deep end is such like a cliched tour term because the song is literally just about like sailing. I don't like, I don't know. This is, this is a song about what happens when you go to the edge of the map. You fall off because the earth is flat. Oh, so this is a flat earth song. Well, no, no, it's a, it's a flat earth song written from the perspective of someone in the early 15th century when mm. they thought that the earth was flat this is what it's what happens makes sense you fall right off yeah that turtle can't you know that's holding the whatever on its back i don't understand how flat earth ideas work i'll have to ask chance the rapper but uh we'll get there eventually uh, off the record yeah um off anyway off the map, yeah. Um, you know, Tim, we've got another This Addiction track, and we know how I feel about This Addiction because I talk about it endlessly. Um, but unlike me, you, you have, you're new to this whole thing. This is a fresh experience for you. Had you ever heard of this song prior to this being what was picked? No, and David, if uh, as you may recall in our uh, post-production meeting... For last week, when you said, uh, next week we're talking about off the map, and I said, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. He said, you'll find out. And I did. I did find out. Off the map is the sixth song on This Addiction by the Alkaline Trio. It follows the American Scream and, and is... Uh, and it precedes Draculina, which mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to yet. I think that should be the last episode of our podcast. We've gotten to it. We have? Yeah. Oh. Don't worry. My hate has been known. Um, yeah, I mean, let's let's break it down. We got off the map into Draculina, into Eating Me Alive, into Piss and Vinegar. Rough stretch of this record, in my opinion. Yes. Yes, quite rough. Um, and this is really the... This is where we kind of start the descent. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm not going to say that, like, the guitar effects at the beginning of the song are, like... You know, they're not terrible. It's fine. It's not like... It's not like it starts and you're like, Oh, God. Oh, no. What's about to happen? Um, for me, it's when the drums kick in 
and it just sounds like the BPMs are a little bit slow. Yeah, I mean, this song has always sat for me in this weird space of like, I I guess it's a slow song, but it probably shouldn't be. It definitely feels like they brought the tempo down just because like, you know, when you look at this record aside from like, I don't know, I guess dead on the floor and fine, there's not really, everything else is trying to be a little faster and punkier, I guess. Well, they're returning to their roots. Yes, they're doing what they always did, which was, I guess, make bad music. And, you know, this one, I feel like they're like, all right, well, we need, like, a slower thing in the middle of the record to kind of break it up. And I think that's, I feel like this song kind of is retrofitted to be that, and it just does not, it just lags a lot. I mean, that that intro, you know, like, just, like, kind of make a noise on the guitar thing is fine, but it's just also only there because it feels like they don't know how to start this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big, chunky power chords just feel really off to my ear. Um, oh, you mean like when they kind of come in in the pre-chorus and nothing else really changes? Yeah. Yeah. It's... This song is kind of a mess and like... It takes a while to get where it's going, mm-hmm. um, which is not something I'm normally going to have a problem with. But, like, I don't feel like the chorus is that strong. Like, it, it's okay. No. Yeah. Like, it's it's not enough to hang a whole song on, is what I would say. Absolutely. And, like, when that, when that bridge comes in, I, I remember looking at my, at my phone and saying... Oh wow, it's been two minutes and it's felt like three fifteen. Yeah, it's just it's it's one of those rare songs where it like it feels much longer than it is. Um mm-hmm. and also just like for for what it is at that time, it's just you know, I I've said it before, but I feel like this is a really poor showing from both Matt and Dan with like the exception of like a song or two uh yeah and man you know because like dine dine my darling is not great do not love that um and i don't know this just feels like a similarly like it just feels like dan's really uninspired on that song in the song where i'm just kind of like it just doesn't sound like what he wants to do or like what is coming natural like this sounds just so really like this song really feels forced yeah it does it feels like you know it probably started off as an acoustic song and it you know however it segued into becoming an alkaline trio song it it feels like if it's going to become an alkaline trio song maybe let's put like a little bit more into the words. Oh yeah. Like, or just gassing it up a little bit. Or if it's going to stay an acoustic song, this is a nice acoustic song. It's sweet. It makes sense to row, row, row your boat back to shore someday. If you're, strum strum strumming on an acoustic guitar but i don't know it 
it's just not it's not working and when when we talk about like matt on this song he could have not even been there and we wouldn't know the difference i mean this is another example of derek doing backing vocals on this track Mm -hmm. um which he does a lot of on dan's material uh from this record and the b-sides and I think that's the thing. It's just I, I've never understood how this song made the record and a song we talked about recently, like Kick Rocks does not, mm-hmm. which like is also imperfect but is much more lively and much more interesting than what we get here. And there's another song uh, called Those Lungs, which we'll talk about at some point soon. Similarly, I think it's far be- that song's far better than either of Dan's songs that are on the record. Um, mm-hmm. And this is just an example of like, yeah, maybe as an emergency room song, I would feel differently about it, but the lyrics are rough. Um, I will say there are moments I like. I actually think what I think the beginning verse kind of compelling. All right, what, where are you coming at? Great opening line. Yes, like I actually like. I've always kind of thought that this song is like halfway there in every single capacity. <laughs> Um, because he starts with, you know, I needed more wine. You need more sleep talking about, you know, getting into a fight with the, not physically, but you know, with, uh, his wife, significant other, whatever, Dan's wife. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a different side from him cause he's normally super Mr. Lovey Dovey. Um, so I don't know. That's interesting. Um, but boy, does he just really go hard on the, the nautical imagery. And, you know, I, I didn't really recognize it, but a friend once said to me after this record came out, he's like, man, he's like, why are they so fucking into nautical imagery on this record? Did Brendan Kelly write this thing? <laughs> and, uh, you know, not an association I ever made, but boy, is it true. <laughs> that is funny because... That dude has told me, I don't really like nautical imagery. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, yeah, he's. I, I'm pretty sure he's said that phrase on Road to the Skeleton Coast, which is available on your podcast player of choice. Um, well, he uh, he uses it. <laughs> um, the okay, I. Row, 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 my boat is a terrible, terrible lyric. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Like, it literally is what uh, uh, sinks the chorus for me. Um, Because I don't, I think the chorus is fine. Again, I think it's okay. If there was anything else there. I would maybe like the song a little bit more. Not a ton more, but like it would it would make a marked difference. Yeah. But to go back to the first verse, it like we just fought two hours and seven minutes is Did you fight for it? You just fight mm. for two hours and seven minutes? Or but 
you know, they part ways and he can't make a sound, but she can hear poisonous pins dropping all around like rain. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, it's just the most passive aggressive song, really. Um, It's just like, I think that's what bugs me about it, too, is just like the central premise is just like, eh, just don't talk about your problems. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it, it doesn't really compel me in any way. Like, it doesn't feel like it's saying anything. It's just trying to put a bunch of words to like, I got into a fight and was upset and can realize it was kind of my fault, but eh, whatever. And like, that's just such a different thing from where I think, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but in the early eras of this band, I think they're doing a good job of like holding themselves accountable without being like self-flagellating where it's like, I fucked up or like, I'm wrong or I'm an asshole, whatever. But it doesn't feel like they're like reveling in it or like stuck in it. And this is just a song that feels like stuck in it. Like I did bad. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just, it's really like, it's just really middle of the road. And like you f- fucking feel that in the song. Cause there's like no conviction behind any of this shit. Like this is a song that's just like, there are decent parts and decent pieces and decent melodies and decent ideas. Decent, not good decent yeah um just kind of like slapped together and like lyrics kind of painted on top like yeah it's good enough yeah absolutely it's good enough and i feel like there are there's just lines that are in here that just take them out just like say like okay if this is going on an alkaline trio record like let's put a little bit more into this and yeah it's it just stays in a in a space where it's like yeah this is like a cute song that you could play for your partner after this fight takes place uh doesn't need to be on a fucking alkaline trio record yeah it's it's just it's just emblematic of like, I don't think they were coming into this record feeling particularly like revved up to do this thing. And I think you hear that in so much of the material. Um, and you know, let's, let me be a little more fair here. And it's like, they're coming off of like a major label record that I'm sure they put a lot of fucking work into, even if it, even if I don't particularly like it, I don't think some of the songs work. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they were very invested and, uh, you know, getting dropped, having to, like, you know, sort of self-relief, sort of be on Epitaph, which is actually probably a great uh, position to be in, financially speaking. Uh, Totally. But, um, you know, I get that this is the type of, like, uh, we kind of, I don't want to say whiffed it, but, like, we had the big break and it did not break. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. maybe you aren't, uh, you aren't super compelled or revved up or whatever the fucking thing is. But maybe don't make the record then. Maybe don't like book studio time and like try and figure it out as you go along. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they were at that point where they could still just like, they could take a year and just tour and figure it out and figure out what they want to do. And I feel like this album is kind of the antithesis of that, where it's like, well, we should just make a record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it just doesn't feel like it feels very emblematic of just the like oh we're gonna like bring back the magic we're gonna we're gonna do it like we used to do it and expect that it turns out better and i mean and maybe that's why this shit like isn't getting workshopped at all it isn't getting scrutinized because they probably just got through with doing all of that and now it's like let's not overthink it let's not do anything and in some cases let's not even fucking try yeah, I mean, I feel like if if I may make a reference to uh, for all our film heads out there, Ooh. people like uh, celluloid. Um, I'm I'm going to reference a, a, a one of the great auteurs of our time, um, and and this is really their Clerks too. Uh, Jersey Girl was the agony and irony, and this addiction is Clerks too, where they did not um, they just thought it would feel good to do it and did not really seem to ask if anyone wanted them to. I'm going to take it a step further and say that this is the Jay and Silent Bob comeback movie from 2019. Also appropriate, yes. Because um, Clerks oh, the... do, like, there's a couple good moments and there's a couple good moments on this record. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's a similar psychology is what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, totally. Like Jersey Girl is like, I'm making the big movie, the studio way. It's going to be the hit. And guess what? It was not the fucking hit. People didn't want it. Mm-hmm. I actually think that movie is kind of like overly hated. It's not really that bad. It did it's get, like fine. It got a lot of heat because I think Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez yeah. like broke up like the week it came out or something yeah there's and people were over that whole relationship i will say i I haven't seen it in a long time but i actually thought george carlin was pretty good in that i never saw jersey girl so i watched it like once just because it was like on Mm -hmm. and i was like you know george carlin's actually pretty good in this like believe that so like you know it is what it is um and like agony and irony feels that way to me where it's like this is the big thing they're doing the record the way they're supposed to do the big record Mm -hmm. there's all the hallmarks like weird bad production like needless ballads big pop single like it's just is everything at the wall hoping something sticks none of it did you know and and i can understand especially at that point in time like you know when you're that deep into your career as a band, if it's not going to happen, then it's never going to happen. And that's kind of what happened here for them. And they just kind of, you know, they came back to Chicago and I just think, you know, like, yeah, I think what you were saying is like, I think part of the reason they didn't really scrutinize it is because I'm sure in the early days they weren't scrutinizing each other's work really either. And I think that's the fallacy of this, kind of endeavor this back to our roots thing is that like it's really just a way to like market something and i've thought about this for years now because i've always wanted to explore those albums by bands because now there's a ton of them it's like weezer does one every two years Uh um and it's just like a way to be like hey people who don't listen to us all the time anymore like check back in for this one Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, like, Metallica did it with fucking Death Magnetic, which also wasn't very good. And, like, 
you know, they did it with this one and like, you know, this shit, you know, Green Day did it with Revolution Radio. Like it's it's just it's a trope now. Yeah. It's a trope for a band who is like, we don't really know what to do. We feel like we've pushed the ball to the end of the road. Mm-hmm. We tried something different that people didn't like and we need goodwill. Um and it's just like I think it's just such a weird marketing ploy that is routinely trotted out for something that rarely actually resembles what it's supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just such a strange thing. Like, and, and you can try it so many different ways, but it never really works. I don't think, I don't think any of those records really stick, um, maybe have decent moments, but I mean, people need to acknowledge that times have changed like you know i i remember when i interviewed laura jane grace for rank your records there was one thing she said that like i think is really the truth of the matter and it was kind of she wasn't saying like it's like a, oh you can't go home again type of thing but she was like people are always like oh this sounds different to the last record and it's like yeah because i'm in a different studio at a different point in time with different equipment and different people like mm-hmm. Records only sound the way they do because they are products of that moment and the decisions made in that, like, week to month-long time period. Yeah. And even if you go back to the same place with the same people, it's going to sound different. It's just going to be different. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't really work that way. And I think think it's really kind of a faulty premise. And whenever I see bands do it, I'm just kind of like... I would rather you just, even if I don't like it, because I'm probably not going to like this back to our roots record anyway, I would rather you just make what you want to make and I'll not like that, but at least have some sort of like positive sentiment for you trying something. Yeah, totally. Um, I've been to a lot of uh, Eric Bischoff's podcast, uh, That's and mm-hmm. he talks a lot about like, you know, when Hulk Hogan goes over to WCW and brings over you know, the people that he had good feuds with in WWE and mostly it just didn't work. And that was at a point where a lot was changing, uh, in, in wrestling and you just can't recreate the magic. And especially with a band who like, we know that they age and that they are in different places in their lives. Like you can't come out with a record that you like you're saying is back. Like it was when you were 22, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And it's a faulty premise. And like, if you really want that to be the thing, don't write a song about how you got into an argument with your wife and you decided, yeah, maybe I should, maybe I should stop being such a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, this is, it's just really interesting because culturally like, you know, two shows I love have recently announced that they're going to be rebooted and get new seasons after 20, you know, 20 years, 10 years, like clone mm-hmm. high party down. And I'm like, always just really dubious of it it's like i'll watch it but like i didn't think it really worked for arrested development i don't think it's really worked for a lot of shows that have tried this i I just don't understand our cultural fascination on this idea whether it's a band or uh, you know kevin smith going back to the well or fucking like 
all these shows getting reboots. It's like, if it's fun for you, fine. But it should feel fun. And that's my issue with this record is it just doesn't feel that way. Like, if they were just like, we're going to make a goofy, dumb punk record, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. But that's not really what this was marketed as. It's not really what it is. And it's like, it's just telling that they're fucking... uh, you know, Muppets cover has more life and energy to it than this fucking record does. Like, it's just, you know, when that's the case, something's wrong, my friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you rate it? Two and a half, because it's just so middle of the road. Like, the stuff I don't like is not offensive enough to sink it. It's just one of those songs that is one ear out the other for me. I'm going to give it a one and a half, mostly just because the tempo is so, it drives me insane. Um, it makes I get me that. feel fucking anxious. It makes me feel like I'm streaming a movie and the quality is starting to lag and I'm worried that it's going to start spinning, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm just on the edge. It's like, oh, clear up, clear up, clear up. With this one, it's just like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But uh, that's what comes with the territory when you do a podcast about Alkaline Trio. And that is what we do on our podcast. That's why it's called As You Were a Podcast About Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it was off the map and... We're going to come back again next week to talk about another song. We invite you to join us and to rate and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Tell your friends about the show. We've also got a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were, where we let people vote on the songs that we talk about. We also do some more long form stuff. We just posted a fun episode where David and I talked about b-sides and compilation albums that are maybe a band's best release i don't know why we would think of such a thing but we did so you can sign up there uh patreon.com slash as you were help us support us in what we do either way we'll be back next week we look forward to it we'll see you then thank you friends (laughs) 